fathers, stellar fathers. Let's give them a nice thank you. Come on, ladies. Give our men a little thank you here. From the beginning of time, God ordained the role of a father. He called men that will rise up and know that the calling was from heaven. And that fathers had the opportunity to love and lead their families, families that would be healthy, whole, and blessed. Our children, as fathers, need to have the approval of their fathers, even from an early age. Look at me, Daddy. I just rode my bike. Look at me, Daddy. I now can stand. Look at me, Daddy. I just hit a home run. You have a little girl. She looks up and says, tell me, tell me, Daddy, that I am beautiful. And then when the grades come in and they make an A in PE, Daddy, look, I got an A. And then later on, watch me, Dad. I'm taking your car. Watch me, Dad. I'm taking all your money. Smile and tell me that you love me. Our kids look to us and want our approval. But more than anything else, they need to have our blessing. Maybe on this weekend, we need to step back and remind ourselves that God the Father models to us how to be a father to our children. You know, in the New Testament, there is a revelation of fathering. Remember, Jesus said that we are to pray to our Father. In the Old Testament, there are 1,600 and 13 references to God. Only four times is he referred to as Father. But when we open the New Testament, we begin to see that God is seen as our Father, and 80% of every reference refers to him as being our Father. And now, before... I can be a father, you can be a father, we have to understand that we have to be fathered. We have to understand that the model is God the Father and we are his children. There's two verses that we want to look at this morning where these verses refer to all of us But I want to read these with a father in mind in Romans chapter 8, verse number 15 and verse number 16. Amen. Verse 15, 
and you did not receive the spirit of religious duty leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance enfolding you into the family of God. And you will never feel orphaned for as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved father. And verse 16, for the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. Now, we're all aware that in Romans 8, the Apostle Paul is speaking about the power of the Holy Spirit. And when he moves in on verse number 15, he's saying, now, the Holy Spirit doesn't work this way. The Holy Spirit is not a spirit of bondage that drives you back into fear or as this Passion Translation says, some kind of religious thing that always makes you feel that you're not good enough. But he says that now we've received the spirit of acceptance or we are no longer orphans. And now the Holy Spirit has come and the Holy Spirit has given us an opportunity for us to understand the Father, and that now we are in this relationship and we're able to address him and say, beloved Father. And then we begin to understand in verse number 16 that he's bringing to our knowledge God's fatherhood and that now we understand that we are God's beloved child. So a father cannot be a father until he has been fathered by the father. And the father is the model to us. So we are his child. And to the extent that we are able to cultivate this intimate, close relationship with the Father so that this is not a phrase or a platitude, but we can actually understand and believe I am God's beloved child. As a father, you have to first of all recognize that you are a child. Are you here? That you are a child of God the Father and that he is the one that is fathering us. And out of that model then, we as fathers have the assignment that we are going to be able to bless our children and understand that we are loved. It's very easy 
for us to grasp intellectually what ought to be a simple understanding. Quite personally, it may be the biggest thing for us to live in of all truth. That as we are living, as fathers, as families, that we are God's beloved child. And, thank you, and that we are loved. And if this morning you came and you may not feel loved, just tell your feelings to be set aside because you are God's beloved child. Hallelujah. And I have no greater truth to give you on this day the fact that you are loved by God the Father. And as fathers, if we can't grasp that, we will not ever be good fathers. Because if I haven't understood I'm a child before I'm a father, and that the model is not what you see on the earth, the model is God loving me and nurturing me, so I feel good about myself because God has made me his child. And when we get to understand that a little more, then we are ready to step into the arena of being God the Father's representative to our children. Fatherhood is not something that originates with us. We're not trying to get them to be more like us. We are simply representing God the Father, and here's a diagram, God the Father, and we are blessing our children, representing God the Father. So when our children get up and they begin to do life on the earth, they may not know physics and chemistry, and they may not be a doctor, but they will walk on the earth, and they will wake up, and they will have a smile on their face because they have not received the spirit of bondage where they look in the crowd and say, I'm not good enough, so you tell me who I am. No, you don't tell me who I am. My dad tells me who I am because the father told him, and that's how he lives, and so I'm not allowing peer pressure in my life to give me value. I don't need that. I already have the value of my father. In many ways, we speak, what we speak will determine our children's destiny. There is a dangerous culture out here, and they are speaking loudly and they are telling our sons and daughters, whether they're seven or 47 or older, our culture speaks loudly 
and they tell our children who they are. And Father, your voice has to be louder. We sing that song, sing a little louder. Your voice has to be louder than the voice of every demagogue and every evil power that is around because if your voice is not loud enough, then you will find yourself with children who are hearing the, vo the wrong voices and the lies are loud and the enemy is after our sons and daughters and our fathers have to get up and they have to begin to fight and they have to say, not believe, they have to say to their children who they are. And we have to say to them regularly, no matter how old they are, I am proud of you. I love you. I think you're amazing. Text them in the morning. Text them in the afternoon. And tell them again, I believe in you. You can overcome this. Tell them they are intelligent. Tell them they are smart. Because the enemy works on our minds. And if you have a daughter or daughters, you better tell them every day, you're beautiful. You're beautiful. I love you. And be like Jesus. In Mark 10, he took the children. He put them in his arms put his hands and blessed them and sent them out. And we got to bless our kids. Hallelujah. We have to bless our children. And we have to encourage them every day, every day, in every way. When our girls were young, Every, almost every morning, I would take them to the school and I would say, like a broken CD, don't allow insecurity, inferiority, inadequacy to come into your thoughts. I will look at them and say, you are a child of God. When you walk into a room, hold your head up and don't be intimidated by the crowds. Like, no, hold your head up high and have in your mind, everybody loves you. I said that so many times to them. I now feel it when I come out here. I feel like, all these people love me. Why should I be afraid? Say it, mean it, and you'll form their thinking. It doesn't matter how old your children are. I had in my mind, I'm not raising an ordinary child. I'm not going to raise a child that feels they're just okay. I had in my mind, my children are going to be world changers. 
and I'm going to tell it to them until they can't think anything else. And inferiority is not able to take them out. The Bible says in Proverbs 12, verse 18, reckless words are like the thrust of a sword, cutting remarks meant to stab and to hurt, but the words of the wise soothe and heal. Verse 13, chapter 13, verse 3, guard your words and you'll guard your life. But if you don't control your tongue, it will ruin everything. Wow, how profound that is. The Bible says one warning. I don't know there are any other direct warnings to fathers in the whole New Testament. But in Ephesians 6, 4, fathers, read this with me, fathers, one of ye fathers, Fathers, don't exasperate your children, but raise them up with loving discipline and counsel that brings the revelation. What enthusiasm for that verse. I'm going to ask everyone to read the verse together. Fathers, don't exasperate your children, but raise them up. Raise them up with discipline. You better discipline your children, and you better do it without making them angry. They get angry on their own, that's their deal. But the Bible says don't exasperate them. Don't cause them to get angry. When you're disciplining, bring your voice down. You have the authority. You don't have to scream. You just say, I asked you not to do that. You don't have to fight for your authority. You got it from heaven. You're not someone standing on the corner. You're a father. Walk like a father and be professional and don't allow yourself to get down here on your kid's level. You're not down. That's the child. Remind yourself, you're not a child. And a lot of fathers act like children. And when they act like children, you don't go anywhere. But when you act like a father, I'm anointed and called. Just as a pastor, I'm called, and I'm the father, and I'm giving you counsel. You will be in the house, and you set the time. And then, amen. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Bless them. What do you do if you have a breach with your child? You don't even talk to them. Well, that one's an easy one. If your car breaks down and it's on the side of the road and you're not a mechanic, you can leave your car there for a couple years and every time, look at your car. They'll tow it within a day. Or you can call a tow company, towing company, and they take your car. If you have a breach and you can't solve it, you're in trouble. Get your small group leader, call Illuminate. Do not go on with your child being under a breach. 
Now, if they're older and older and older, I'll be praying for you that God will work a miracle. But if they're under your air conditioning and they are presently eating your food <laughs> and taking all your money, then you are in charge. Bless them by your words, by your attitude. But remember, you are the Father. You have been blessed by the Father. Act like a father. You're not just a member in the house. You are the Father. And the lead thing of you as a father is that you have humility and pride is under your feet but you are the leader. And you lead, and you pray, and you guide, and you begin to believe that your children are blessed. As fathers, we are given the opportunity to bless and pass on the blessing to the next generation. And God's ideal is to have one generation who then blesses the next generation, who blesses the next generation, that blesses the next generation. My father grew up in a home, and his father was an alcoholic. My father's father I never saw, he owned a bar and a restaurant. He died at a very young age. He never heard the name of Jesus in his home until one day a lady from the neighborhood came and knocked on the door of my father's house. And she said to his father, you know, I noticed that Alex doesn't go to Sunday school. Can I take him? And his father said yes. And my father, for the first time, heard about Jesus. And then the Lord worked miraculously in his life. By the age of 15, he was walking down the road, and God called him to be a minister. And then God sent spiritual fathers around him. And one man said to him, I'll take you. I'll pay for your Bible college. And he was an influence in his life. And my dad went to Bible school. And my dad, beginning with that neighbor and other spiritual fathers, was able to break the chain of his future generation. Tonight, or today, I could be an alcoholic. Maybe I could own a bar and a restaurant. But because of one lady and other spiritual fathers that gathered around him, that chain way back there was broken.
And my father was preaching one time, kind of like an evangelist. He was a fired up Holy Spirit guy. And he called people to the altar. And this girl came up. He called them up for healing. And this girl came up. And the Holy Spirit, he went over and put his hand on her. And she fell on the ground, was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Later, he married her. So now we had the blessing, my mom, my dad. And then they had six children. And the blessing went from my father to us. And so I had the benefit of having the chains broken. And I'm telling you, I don't think we know in this church what these God encounters are. Uh, there are hundreds of men that have never gone, and, and I can understand why, because you're a threat if you ever get free or generations and, and stand up and take a, become a leader in your family rather than generationally silent. But that six children and the blessing of the Lord was on me, and then we had two children, Evangeline and Jacqueline, and Jacqueline is here, I think, somewhere. Come, Jacqueline. So, uh, Vanjie. So, Vanjie this morning is leading worship in Huntsville, Alabama, uh, and they have two children, and she's leading in a church uh, right now as we speak. So, the blessing came on me from my father. My father was the first generation. I'm the second. And then, then, this is Jacqueline, my favorite daughter. <laughs> Tells us both that. <laughs> and she's a blessing. And she married Jonathan, who had a father that was spiritual, and he tithes. And then... <laughs> Then Jonathan came, and his father, Sal, came from a blessing, and now both of them blessed. But the blessing that I have as a father, Jacqueline received, and I told her almost every day she was beautiful. I told both of our girls that they are my favorite, and it worked for about a few years until they actually checked each each uh, thing. And then this is the third generation, and this is Luke. And Luke is eight years old. And uh, he won a basketball game yesterday. yesterday is that right? And, and he's the, what, point guard? Point guard. And then this is Matthew right here. And he's very young, and he's somewhere crawling. But as you know, my wife passed away, and then Jackie and I, Vanjie went off to college very quickly and to get away from me. And so then we spent a lot of time together. But one thing I was always careful of, and if you have a daughter, be very careful how you speak to them. 
And I've tried to do that my whole life. And I'm proud of you for who you are, what you have been come, become. And let's be close. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. I love you. God bless. Hallelujah. Someone say hallelujah. hallelujah. Say it again. Hallelujah. Four generations. Again, I could be an alcoholic today. There are curses in generations. And someone has to stand up in the name of Jesus and say, and there's someone here this morning You've been ravaged by your generation and somehow you have to stand up and you didn't have a spiritual father, but you're going to have to stand up and you're going to have to seek out a spiritual father somewhere. We have hundreds of spiritual fathers in this building, in this ministry, and when you get around the spiritual father, something begins to change in your life and you become fruitful with the blessing of God. Hallelujah. Come on, let's praise the Lord this morning. Break those chains. Break those chains. Break those chains. Break those chains. Break those chains in the name of Jesus. Break those chains. The generations to come depend on what you do now. Bless your children. If they're older, bless them. Send them a text. Send them flowers. Do something. And bless them. In America right now, this is the most fatherless generation in the history of America. And I believe with all my heart that God is restoring fatherhood. And that we are going to see in our congregation, not a crowd, not just a mass of people, but we're going to see the blessing more and more on a family. And whatever the enemy has done, whatever he has stolen from you, you've got to stand up and you probably won't do it on your own. You're not strong enough. You're not spiritually alive enough, but when you get a spiritual father around you, my father passed away a number of years ago. God brought brother Dr. Crandall into my life, and I've had all these spiritual fathers around me, and I am the aggregate of all of them that have poured into me. And my word to you today is pass it on and bless the next generation. And let's believe that the scripture of Malachi that said in the last days, I'll send Elijah. He will turn the hearts of the father to their children and the hearts of the children to the fathers. And there will be a revival of fathers that are going back home. Hallelujah. 
I'm believing in our church an end to divorce. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I have a dream of the most healthy church in the Western Hemisphere that people, people come in chained like my father was, and they come in here and they walk the aisles, and they come to Jesus, and they come to Christ in a small group, and they're whisked away to a God encounter, and then they're a part of being discipled. An encounter is a starting kit. It's not an eternal assignment. It's a starter, and they come back, and in our church are thousands and thousands of families and we are raising up generations that presently are chained and broken. These are demonic powers. The enemy did not want my dad to hear about Jesus. But somehow God sent, sent some spiritual leaders his way and everything turned around. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Bless your children. Bless other children that are around you. I have this big deal in my heart about that. We call it the kids in the sun. That's the big deal in my mind because I wouldn't be here if my dad wasn't brought in at eight or nine years old. And what we do over there, we don't have any babysitting in the church. It's not available. But if you get your kids here, we have spiritual moms and dads that are spiritually developing them to be like Christ. Hallelujah. We have in this church a support ministry for families. On Wednesday night, Pastor PJ is a spiritual father, and then they have an array of leaders over there. And on Wednesday night, all those spiritual fathers and mothers, we are helping everyone to raise their children to be more godly. Right now, we have around 200, 300 don't come. Too busy. But if every person would bring their sons and daughters, they'll be around spiritual leaders and we'll raise up some John Wesleys. We'll raise up some women of God, some uh, Deborahs. We'll raise up world changers. We'll raise up the leaders of America. The leaders of America shouldn't come from a political mixture. We need to raise up God's sons and daughters to begin to be leaders in this nation and a president and leaders in Congress and mayors and doctors and attorneys. We need to see our children differently. We need to see them not as little kids here just running around. We don't have any kids running around. We have a, maybe a president over there. Over there is a missionary going to India. Over there, that's going to be a school teacher. Over there, that's going to be a person that rescues the girls that are in trafficking. Don't, 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 don't. Don't see, don't see something that is small. Begin to see them and call them. Uh, your son is on drugs, and your son is going the wrong way, and you live by this scripture in Luke uh, chapter 6, 
where it talks about blessing them and uh, praying over them. And you pray over them, and then you get your small group praying over them. You get the church praying over them, like David that was in this, in this church and on drugs, and his mom and dad prayed, and we prayed, and got the Holy Spirit and got saved. He's going to Bible school, I just heard a couple days ago. He shouldn't be going to Bible school. He's been on drugs. That's what we do around here. We don't put up with this kind of stuff. So on this Father's Day, we are announcing loudly that we are raising up world changers. And we are not gonna let the blessing end with us, but we're gonna raise up. I'm believing for 500, 500 young people that parents are too busy not to bring their kids on here on Wednesday night. And we have several hundred over there in the, in the pre-K and the children, and this place rocks on Wednesday night, the power of God. For what, what, what reason? We raise up a generation that have the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. 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 Call your kids. Call them who they are. Get them on the phone today. Shake them down. They may tell you off. Okay, so what? Praise God. I call every son and daughter back. In Jesus' name. I preach myself happy. <laughs> Holy Spirit, fall in this place. Lift up the hopeless fathers. Lift up the broken families. Help us to join our arms together. And let the Holy Spirit fall upon us. I ask the Holy Spirit in the last few minutes of this service just come down and fall on us. This verse says in Romans 8, 14, the mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. That's what happened to my dad. He got in a Pentecostal church and the power of the Spirit fell down on my dad became a Pentecostal preacher. Boy, I'm asking God, raise up preachers, raise up missionaries. One of these young people, there are a lot of them, but I think this morning of Caleb, part of our church, called to be a pastor. I want us just to stand and invite the Holy Spirit to come upon us. Just lift up your hands all over the church. You're a father, you're a mother, you're single, whatever you are. Sing it together, sing it together. Your
Our Father, we, we lift up every father. We declare a blessing, declare encouragement. Pray for revival.